2 Thessalonians. This is the only generation that can say uh, that when it was bad, they just stayed home, had another cup of coffee, and watched it online. <laughs> I'm not necessarily all for that, but you, I guess you do what the Lord wants you to do, amen. And we'll minister to those if they're online, and if you feel inclined to, I'm sure there's coffee, there's some coffee in my office, or however you want to do that thing. So you're going to have to have espresso, I don't have a coffee maker, Amen. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we left off and we were furthering this thought uh, through verse 10 and 11, and let's go ahead and before we uh, read that, let's pray. Father, we sure love you. Thank you for the snow. It reminds us that though our sins be like scarlet, your precious blood washed our sins white as snow when we got saved. We sure thank you for it, and Father, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us already this week. Lord, your word says that you daily loadeth us with benefits. And Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the benefits that you give us. Lord, thank you for breath. Thank you for life. Thank you for a perfect Bible. And Father, I pray that you'd meet with us right now. Lord, we might be few in number, but Lord, uh, it's what you've called us to do, and we're here. So Father, I pray that you'd feed us from uh, heaven on high. And Father, I pray that you'd bless your word and bless anyone around this country still preaching the old King James Bible, still sticking by the stuff and clinging to the old paths in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 10. Uh, 10, the Bible says, and, uh, uh, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, what causes that? Uh, they didn't receive the love of the truth, you see it? That's in verse 10. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion. Now what it says? You notice it doesn't say uh, he'll send them one more shot at it. It doesn't say he'll send them one more chance. But verse 11, the Bible says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. They should believe a lie. Now you stop and consider the God of the universe, and you consider what he's done for you, can you still believe now that if you don't accept the truth, he'll let you believe a lie? That is a little bit hard to understand, isn't it? But it's absolute truth, and this is where we were kind of uh, taking a little bit of time to develop this thought. That thing is supported all through Scripture. If you don't take the truth God gives you, he gives you a lie. He gives you a lie. In other words, if you won't take the truth, the light that's given to you, God makes sure... He'll make sure that you get deceived. Now, that's a difficult thing to process, but that's the absolute truth of Scriptures. Like we said, that's the God of the King James Bible. That's the God of Numbers 15 who kills a man under the Levitical law for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. I guess scraping snow would have been out too, huh? <laughs> but that's God America doesn't want. You know what kind of God America wants? <clears throat> America wants a God that you, uh, you know, you go to church uh, maybe on a Friday night or maybe on a Saturday night, uh, but early enough so you can still go uh, be with the boys and throw a few back and, uh, or maybe hit a confession booth. That's the God America wants. God, America wants a God that they can kind of manipulate. 
America wants a God kind of like the Mohammedans want. They want a God that lets you run away with your appetite so you can fornicate and be a pervert and a predator and a pedophile and any other words that match up with that thing. But the fact is, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're talking about during the end times, uh, we're raptured out of here, amen? And all of a sudden, the Antichrist shows up on the scene, and because the people left behind, Tim LaHaye is wrong, uh, Tim LaHaye is wrong, he never read the King James Bible, and if he did, he ignored it. You say, that's cruel. No, that's Bible, read it. Again, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And from this we gather this, and I'll go over the scripture one more time. If you're a child of God and you don't want the truth, he'll let you believe a lie. If you want to believe a lie, they're like, uh, let me give you an example. If you want to believe a lie that the church is going through the tribulation, he'll let you believe one. He'll give you 25 verses to prove your own theory. <laughs> if you want to believe a lie that you don't have to uh, you know, repent of your sins after you're saved, he'll let you be a uh, an ignorant hyper-dispensationalist, and he'll give you about 15 verses to prove it. That's how God works. See, the same book that was designed to bless you is also designed to destroy you. And that's, that's the God of the universe. Uh, we showed you in uh, Judges chapter 9. Uh, Judges chapter 9. I've, getting rid of, I've gotten them rid up, rid up, written up there on the, the corner there. And... Uh, but what you got to understand is God's not a Calvinist. He'll not force you to accept anything you don't want to. Uh, and that's one thing about the Lord. It's absolute free will. And in Judges chapter 9, verse 23, you've got uh, Abimelech. Uh, he rejects the truth. Uh, you say, what's the truth? Uh, the truth is that Abimelech uh, shouldn't have uh, killed all 70 of his brothers, Gideon's sons, and made himself a king. You see, they were all ruling over uh, Israel, all 70 of them. But Bimlech said, look, I'm the big, bad, older brother here. I need to be the king. He makes himself king, and uh, he rejects the truth as given to him by his younger brother, Jotham. And what happens, the Lord sends him an evil spirit. That's Judges 9.23. And then you've got uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. You've got the account of Saul. Saul refused to believe the truth, and because Saul refused to believe the truth, you know what the Lord did? He sent Saul an evil spirit. Ain't that something? People think that God's some old grandfather sitting up in heaven. He would never do anything like that, and I can't believe the Lord would have anything to do with evil. Well, he sends it along. He says, you don't want the truth, I'll send you an evil spirit. You ever stop and think that uh, if you don't take the truth God says about his words, he'll let you believe just about anything you want to? That scares me. I thought for years, and uh, I thought I, I thought for years the Lord would never allow me to be a pastor. Now maybe you shouldn't have. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> but I, you know, what I, I got so used to saying I'll never be a pastor that it was kind of like my my go-to statement: I'll never be a pastor. I saw what my father-in-law dealt with. I saw what uh, uh, some of the people, the men uh, and women, uh, and the women, and some of the women have put him through. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just reminiscing, you know. <laughs> I put him through, and I'm like, I don't ever want to be a pastor. Can you imagine if I'd have rejected that thing? You know what the Lord would have done? He just let me go and not be a pastor. And you know what I'd be at today? Out of the will of God. See, the Lord will let you believe whatever you want. 
All right, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, 20. That's the next one down there. We covered these on Wednesday. I just want to recap this thought and move on. You've got King Amaziah. King Amaziah, he wouldn't believe the truth. He wouldn't believe the truth, and because he didn't believe the truth, you know what the Lord did? He sent an evil spirit along his way. Uh, he uh, he uh, made it so Amaziah wouldn't listen. And we said this, you ever stop and think? You ever sitting in a church service and the Lord uh, delivering the mail your way and, and God from heaven himself is looking down at you and he's got his big old God finger stuck right in your ears. And you walk out of there and go, man, that preacher is the most boring thing i ever heard in my life. Why? God's got his fingers in yours. Why? You won't believe what he said in the first place. So he just reaches down and goes, no, 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 no. You ain't listening. But that's Amaziah. You got Isaiah chapter 19, verse 14. You've got uh, the Lord's dealing with Egypt there. And Egypt wouldn't accept the truth. And because Egypt wouldn't accept the truth, you know what the Lord did? The Bible says there in verse 14 that the Lord mingled a perverse spirit among that nation. A perverse spirit among that nation. And when you and I won't listen, when a man won't listen to the truth of the King James Bible, the Lord will send along an evil spirit. Uh, he'll do it multiple times. He'll make it so you won't listen to the truth. And then he'll give you a perverse spirit because he knew you weren't going to listen in the first place and you'll be off on some tangent somewhere. And then finally, we're back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. For this cause shall God send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You say, why? They didn't accept the wedding invitation. He says, come unto me, all you that labor, and I'll give you rest. And you know what the people say? Nope, we don't want it. Uh, we don't want to be uh, a chaste virgin to Christ. We want to do our own thing. Uh, we want to live our own way. So they don't accept the wedding invitation. The horns blowed, and we're raptured out of here. And since they wouldn't accept the truth, God sends them a lie. And they believe the lie. All right, let's move on. And that's the strong delusion in verse 11. And Paul says, if you remember back in verse 3, he says, let no man deceive you by any means. But you've got to realize this, Christian, in a practical application, when you stop obeying the truth, and this why I keep hitting this thing and hammering this thing is because if you know what the truth is, the Bible says the truth shall make you, but ignoring the truth will put you in a cotton-picking prison. And that's the warning to the saint of God. If you know the truth and you ignore the truth, God's just allowed to let you believe a lie and let you do whatever you want. We showed you, what is it, Psalm chapter 81? Let's look at that one more time, Psalm 81. There's a lot of Christians these days, they're not listening to the Lord. They know the truth, they know what God wants them to do, and they just won't do it. So, you know, preachers get up from the pulpit, God's going to get you, God's going to get you. And I say this, oh, he might... And that he might just do the worst thing you could ever imagine and just let you do whatever you want. To me, that's scarier than getting a whooping. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, if I messed up, I mean really messed up, uh, and Mama said, you can wait till your dad gets home, that was miserable. But I knew there would, the end was in sight. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew that my life would almost be over by the end of the day. And it was no fun. Amen. When he came home, he tore me up. And rightly so, amen. I know that's missing and that's old-fashioned and I'm not talking about abuse and beating your kid. Till you, you know what I'm saying. Some of y'all were raised with the rod and look how y'all turned out. You have this terrible disease called respect for authority. <laughs> right? 
I mean, you have this terrible, uh, you know, you have this, this terrible aura about you that you don't go rioting. You don't break into your neighbor's house. Blame your parents for that stuff, you know. They're just terrible. <laughs> and when someone, and, and how about this? You, you, have this? you have this complex about you that when people talk to you, you, you talk back. Like, you respond when people talk to you. You'd be around people's kids, and you say, well, hello, sweetie. How are you? They're like, oh, oh. I know you can't do that, you know. That's how you go to jail in these days. <laughs> but uh, I didn't say we'd done everything right, but we tried to raise our kids like if, if adults would, uh, like a church would say, well, good morning, whoever you are, you know, one of the five. Now you're like, good morning. And if not, well, we help, help loosen your lips up a little bit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 81, look at this, uh, verse 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. I know you think that's my life verse. I look at verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. You see that? You see how he says that? Would none of me. Look what he does. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Man, that's scary, ain't it? You ever something wonder why you don't sin more than you do? I'll tell you why. The Lord don't let you. The Lord doesn't give you the opportunity. Amen. Amen. Right, guys? That's why you don't sin more, because the Lord, uh-uh. So if I put that in front of him, he's going to sin. And, uh, but he, uh, his own people, I gave them up into their own heart's lust, and they walked. And what that is, is they're believing. Uh, they're going in their own heart's lust and counsel, and they believe a lie. And, and if you don't want the truth, the Lord won't make you. And I know that's not popular, but that's biblical preaching. And that's the right type of preaching that we need to have in these days. Because why? We're real close to going home. Amen? We're real close to going home. And, and uh, I know, uh, you know, if you, if you were fortunate and you got to work Monday through Friday and you were fortunate and you got to work first shift, the last two to three hours uh, of Friday, nothing gets done. I think we ought to be the other way around. Amen? I think we ought to be working double time because we know the Lord's coming back. Amen. When he sends the truth our way, we ought to just obey the light that he gives us. But this crowd that's left behind, this left behind crowd, uh, much to Tim LaHaye's chagrin and his air on prophecy, they don't get a second chance. God sends them a strong delusion uh, that they believe a lie. Now look, the most dangerous place you can get in your Christian light is where you get in a disagreement with God. And that comes, why? Because you got heart trouble. You just read it. God let them do what they wanted because of their heart. And if you have heart trouble, you know what happens next, right? If you have heart trouble, you have head trouble. See what I mean? If you've got a problem here, that's where the problem starts. Preached a little bit about this this morning. But you've got a problem here between you and the Lord. It eventually starts short-circuiting up here. You ever stop and think of why Pharaoh was such a nut job? Had a hard heart. And it made him go nuts. He was mad. Destroyed the entire country. Can you imagine the last bastion of strength that that country had was rolling across the Red Sea? I mean, couldn't you just see like that was an absolute miracle? And I wouldn't be going out there to save your life. I know how the story ends, right? Can you imagine how nuts you'd have to be to take your army, and at that time the most powerful army in the entire world, let's chase these guys that have destroyed our entire country. Let's chase them across the Red Sea, and there's this huge wall of water on each side, and the Bible says it's jello. It's congealed. 
That sounds like a great idea. Guy's nuts. And uh, Bob Jones Sr. said, if you get God in your heart, it'll fix the kinks in your head. Amen? And what happens is, uh, that is the truth. And when, when God begins to deal with you, we showed you from Ezekiel chapter 14. And I studied that thing out from verses 10 to verse 14. If you go to the Lord and you've got deceit and idols in your heart, God deals with you according to the idols that are in your heart. That's what he said about his own people. Did we cover that on Wednesday? Ezekiel 14? I th- thought we did. And God gives that man an answer according to what? Can you imagine that? God answering your prayers? You're going to the Lord, oh, God, help me to be a better Christian. And you know what he knows? He knows you spend way too much time on Facebook. Stay with me now. He knows you spend way too much time watching that raunchy garbage late at night. And you're going to him in prayer, and you won't deal with those two things right there. And he's like, oh, Lord, I know I should do better. I need to be a better Christian. Lord's like, okay, you got you. I'll raise you one. You know what he does? He answers you according to the idols that are in your heart. He deceives you. All right, and you can be deceived too. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. But those people, uh, when we're out of here and raptured out of here, and that Antichrist shows up and he presents himself as he is God, and he sits down at the mercy seat between the cherubs, uh, cherubs there at, uh, in Jerusalem there, and they, they believe a lie. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, the Bible says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose himself, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. All right, you know how they get uh, out of the mess they're in? They got to receive the truth. You know why Christians stay in the mess they're in until the day they die? Because they won't receive the truth. Look at verse 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So the way that they uh, get recover themselves out of the snare of the devil is simply by acknowledging the truth. Acknowledging the truth. Now that's just not positive truth. There's two coins, right? There's two sides of that coin. That's positive truth. Positive truth is like the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's good for you, isn't it? But then there's negative truth, like you don't pray like you should. You see what I mean? There's two sides of that thing. There's positive truth, which is a blessing, and there's negative truth, which ain't so much a blessing. I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm trying to approach some things a little bit different. I'm not always chasing down these things. But for about 20 years, I was so bitterly critical about anything to do with professional sports. It was just insanity. And I was kind of raised up in the ministry that all that stuff was 100% bad. And look... The love of that stuff is wicked. You make it an idol, it's wicked. But there's some things that you can learn from some of these athletes. Now, I'm not saying go put them on a shelf and, oh, you know, pay homage to your favorite sports icon or star. But here's the thing. I listened to this, uh, I listened to this um, what do you call it, a press conference. And uh, how many you know Tom Brady? Right? Everybody knows Tom Brady. Who doesn't know? It's, it's like leave it to Beaver, right? He's like little, you know, Wally there or something, you know. Or like Dennis the Menace. He's like America's little icon there. I mean, you want to talk about a superstar. Is he 43 years old, right? Is he 45? Maybe I should let you tell. You probably know more about him. (laughs) 
So here's 45, and you know what the stats say? He's probably one of the best quarterbacks ever was. Like, so what? Okay. I'm going somewhere with this. So I began to listen to this thing, and they're doing some press conference on this, that, and the other, and he's got an opportunity to go here, and what's he going to do, and how's he going to do it? You know what he does? He just kind of skips right through all the, this stuff, and he says, look, he says, he, says, uh, he says, look, I'm just really good at a lot of things, he says. That's what he says. He wasn't being, uh, he wasn't being proudful. He's like, look, I'm just, basically what he's saying is, I know I'm gifted. He says, but I got two problems. I can't run, and I can't jump. He says, running and jumping are a problem. So you know what he did? He spent the rest of that press conference telling everyone that was listening that the key to his success was simply focusing on his two weaknesses, which was running and jumping. He focused on it in high school, got up every morning at 6 a.m. He focused on college, and he's focusing on the same two things now at 45 years old, breaking records all the time. Why? Because he knows he can't run, and he knows he can't jump. You know what he's doing? He's focusing on his weaknesses. He knows he's good at throwing the ball. He knows he's good at seeing his receivers. He knows he's good at, you know, taking a hit. I mean, look, God made you and designed you with a certain set of gifts. Fair enough? But some people try to live their Christian life on their gifts. So you can't do it. And what made the difference in that, uh, that quarterback's uh, performance is that he spent the last 25 years focusing on what? The two things he knows he's not good at. He said this. He says, 80% of my slowness will not cut it. He said, I need 100% of my slowness to have a fighting chance. That was, I'm going, my, my. Running and jumping. You say, why you say that? Because a lot of Christians, they just, they never focus on their weaknesses. People, Christians will go, yeah, well, I'm pretty good at finding verses in the Bible. I'm pretty good. I mean, I've taken notes for 28 years. Oh, he's preaching not a number 16. I know right where he's going. Why? Gifted. But you know what? You know what the weaknesses are? Maybe a little bit of pride. Don't know how to get humble. You don't practice getting humble. You don't practice getting low. And you don't practice your prayer life. So you know what you are? You're just a mediocre Christian the rest of your life. You never focus on your weaknesses. That makes a difference. I use that secular example because I saw a feller who was really gifted at a lot of things, but he basically said in that press conference, I have spent the last 25 or the greater part of 30 years focusing on the two things that I stink at. <laughs> I'm like, that's a guy I can learn from. You say, why do you say that? A lot of Christians deceive themselves. And the Lord will let you be deceived and think you're some great somebody because you won't acknowledge and admit your weaknesses and you won't attack them and you won't try to go after them. All right, back to uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.11. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion. Now, wasn't that good from a, a stinking quarterback? I sat there and I just, my mouth dropped. I took my finger and I scrubbed that thing back and I started writing it down. That's a great illustration right there. I'm taking it and I'm running with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jumping for it too, amen. All right, we'll get this. I guess you know what he did? He, he said once he realized that he was slow and he couldn't move like he should, they have these drills called dot drills. You know what I'm talking about? I think there's like five dots and you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'll fall down and I'll look like an idiot. It's, you know, it's, it, it's so your feet move faster. He does them every single day. 
you wonder why he's the goat? Because he's still doing the same drills that I helped him get into college and helped him get into pro ball, <clears throat> and now I was helping him break records at stinking 45. You want to break some records in your Christian life? Maybe start time to spend more time on the drills. All right, for this cause, verse 11, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Verse 12, that they all might be... See, y'all are afraid to say that in church. Damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So they're going to believe the lie, and that's probably where uh, going to be the devil when he comes in there. And you're going to find out by reading and studying your Bible that that phrase, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, that thing connects over to Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Look at that real quick. Romans chapter 1, this is a great cross-reference so you can get a glimpse into what he's talking about here. Romans chapter 1, verse 32, had pleasure in unrighteousness. Romans 1, 32, talking about that lost man. Romans 1, 32, the Bible says, Paul says, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do them, but have pleasure in them that do them. You ever witness to your neighbor, your lost family member? You ever wonder sometimes why they don't want nothing to do with what you're uh, telling them about? Not always, but a lot of times, you know why? They just want to do what they want to do. And a man dies and he goes to hell, it'll go because he rejected Jesus Christ and he didn't want the truth. You say, well, what about the little, you know, the pygmy in Africa or the little hot and tot over there? The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that the invisible things from the creation of the earth, from the creation of this world, are so that they're without excuse. The mere fact that you can wake up and you can drive in here, drive anywhere, and see this masterful artistry that the Lord God himself sprinkled and did ought to tell you that Darwin had nothing to do with it. The invisible things from the creation are clearly seen. <laughs> you say, invisible things are clearly seen. Isn't that an oxymoron? Yes. You wake up and go, there has to be a God. And you accept the truth. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. In other words, these people that are sinning like they're sinning, they know they're worthy to die. But you know what? Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And you read down through there, verses 24, in Romans 1, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 31, 32. You notice all those things that go on? <laughs> they go on on the television set, don't they? <laughs> and people want to look at those things. Christians want to look at those things. There's, there's just an addiction for death and sickness and sex and all that crime. There just is an addiction to it. And they have pleasure in them, and, uh, and they have pleasure in their actor friends that do them. You ever stop and think that the majority of your actors are lost people headed to hell? Oh, it's my favorite actor. Well, you're going to hell. When was the last time you reached out to him? Why do I do that? I know you got Twitter tweeting. Hey, you know, Tom Cruise, if you died tonight, where would you spend eternity? Oh, you see how weird it just got? I mean, really, using social media to, to, to witness. Preacher, come on, you're stupid. But you know what it says? Uh, the people that look at those things and do those things and have pleasure in them, you know what the Lord says? The Lord says, you're just as guilty as they are. 
I guess thank God for the blood. Amen, gentlemen. <laughs> Look over John chapter 3, verse 19. Talking about uh, having pleasure and unrighteousness. Pleasure. Now, this is easy stuff this morning. Amen. <laughs> Everybody doing all right? I tell you, it's gonna, if you're here today and you're saved, anything's easier than being left behind, man. Being deceived by that strong delusion. I mean, you saw how everyone was deceived over the last two years, right? Three years? Three years? Whatever. However many years. Man, I tell you what. It's going to be ten times greater when the Christians are out of here and the lights are out. Just think, during the tribulation and the NFL game, there will be no guy holding John 3.16 in the end zone. You see it every time. Every, every, it doesn't matter. Every game I watch, I see a John 3.16 sign in the end zone. I'm like, hey, amen, look at that guy. He's holding up a Bible verse. <laughs> I was watching the, I don't know, I was watching just kind of glance at this like post, post, I don't even know what game it was. I have no idea. But sports anymore, minus the commercials, about the only thing that you don't get literally violated every second if your television sets on. And so... They're doing some post interview, and some guys in the back holding John three sixteen sign, jumping up in the air, trying to get you know. I'm like, give that guy a cracker, man! I tell you. <clears throat> well, not because he was white, but anyways, yeah. Look at uh, John three nineteen. The Bible says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's why the old preachers would say there's no bars, uh, there's no windows in a bar. See that? Why? Men like it dark. Uh, most man caves, there's no windows in a man cave. And matter of fact, uh, most of the man caves I've ever visited, I don't have one, uh, you, have to, you have to step down. You have to go down to get into the cave. Just kind of cool, you know, and... You know, you got the neon lights in the back. and I don't know. I've seen a couple, and they're pretty cool, but <laughs> no pun intended there either. But it says, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Look at 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Uh, I've never been to a, a crack house, but I doubt that there's a lot of bright lights in a crack house. See what I mean? I've uh, never been to a house of ill repute, but I imagine it's pretty dark in there. At least Hollywood d- describes it that way anyways. But look at 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So when you continue to do evil, why? It's because you hate the light. And these people here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, they love their sin. They have pleasure in it. And God... Let's them believe a lie. He deceives them. Look, it's hard to love sin and love the Bible at the same time. Amen? Uh, where sin is relished, the Word of God cannot be cherished. Can't be cherished at all. Uh, you can read it, but you can't rejoice in it. And you really can't study it. And that's why, that's why men don't want to accept the truth, because they like what it is that they're doing. And if you love the truth of the Bible, then you'll believe it whether you can explain it or not. Amen? You're here today and you love the truth. You love it whether you can explain every piece of it or not. Preacher, get up and he'll preach something. Kind of just kind of trim you real close to the cotton. You'll be like, 
Yeah, that's rough, but amen. Need more like that. Amen. If you're honest, you need to have your ears pinned back every day. Amen. Now, if you love the truth of the Bible, then, like I said, you'll believe it whether you explain it or not. You know, people say this. They say, I, I love my wife. But would you believe a man really loved his wife if he cheated on her once or twice a year? <laughs> That's terrible, right? Whew. You know how many times you cheat on the Lord? And yet you say you love him? You see what I mean? got just real quiet there, didn't it? Now, if a man said, I love my wife, and... I only, cheat on, I only cheat on her twice a year. Would you believe him? No, if you knew him or related, you'd take a ball bat to his head. I mean, uh, in the name of Jesus, of course, but wiffle ball bat, right? <laughs> you would. Someone marry one of your daughters and go messing around in town? You first John 1, 9 it, Amen. You'd put it under the blood, but you'd want to put something on him that Ajax couldn't take off. But yet a lot of times we're the same way with the Lord. And so in reference to the Bible, verse 11, uh, it says they believe not the truth, and they love their pleasure they had in unrighteousness, and that thing is real typical in these days, isn't it? Look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 real quick. You know this passage of Scripture. You're familiar with it, but it's worth uh, looking at it one more time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. <clears throat> talking about perilous times in the last days, <clears throat> and you are in them. You're in it. You're close, closer to getting out of here now than they were 100 years ago. I know that's real simple to understand. Verse 1, the Bible said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Amen. <laughs> Unthankful, unholy. Just walk through Walmart, man. <laughs> Verse 3, without natural affection. You know how many queers you got out there these days? And I know some of you cringe when I say that, but that's what they call themselves. They are blatantly and they're emphatically and blazingly queer, and they love to be called queer. But they're queer. Uh, without natural affection. Truce breakers. There gives you a reason for all your divorces. Amen. False accusers. Uh, you know how many lawsuits going on all the time? Just a bunch of baloney. Call Lee Free, call Jeffrey Figer, call, you know, Feinstein and Wiggle and Wiener and all that stuff there, all them Jew, you know, all them lawyers that are Jews. Yeah, I'm telling the truth. And uh, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. That describes the brethren these days, doesn't it? Now, if I'm wrong, just throw me out. But if I'm telling the truth, somebody say amen. Fierce. The brethren are fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Guy could be doing a hundred things that are right, and you disagree with him on one thing, and he'll hate your guts for it. <laughs> I mean, y'all both love your wife. You've both been married 20 plus years, and, and he has a disagreement, and now he hates your guts for it. Why? Just, just despisers of those that are good. I don't like you. Why? Well, you know, you believe, uh, you believe in getting in your car from the passenger door, and I believe in getting in my car from the driver's side door. Not a reason to separate fellowship, just despisers of those that are good. You both get in the car, and you both put your seatbelt on. Praise the Lord. But just do something different, right? What do you read over there? Was it in the kings or in the judges? You got the tribes. You got, was it the tribe of Ephraim? They couldn't say something right. And so they went after their brethren, and they killed over 40,000 of the brethren. Why? Just because they couldn't say something right? That describes your and I Christianity today. 
a guy doesn't believe just the way you or I believe, he'll kill you for it. Despiser of those that are good. Both saved, both under the blood, both love the Lord Jesus Christ, both try to witness, both try to read your Bible, both try to pray, but he's got just a little bit different take on one thing than you do, and now you hate him. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Without compromising, I believe you ought to try to do the best you can to try to find a way to fellowship with that guy and try to start a disfellowship with that fellow. But that's how we are as Bible believers. You know, kill our own. <laughs> verse 5, uh, uh, verse 4, sorry, traitors, heady, high-minded, here it is, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. You ever notice a lot of churches these days? Uh, we had a chance to do a little bit of traveling, be in some churches. A lot of churches these days, they look like the churches of old. They got the old-time churchy feel. They got the, the majestic choir. They've got the, the dress standard, right, that a lot of these old churches would hold to and have. And I'm not against a dress standard. Just make it yours. Don't make it mine or you're all going to have to come in a suit, I guess, right? Uh, and some of y'all would look good in a suit, amen? <laughs> but they have the old-time look. They have the old-time feel. But guess what the Bible says? having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. A lot of churches today, they've got the look, they got the feel, and they got that little touch of class, but they got no power, no power. You know what Paul says? You better get away from that. You better turn away from it. So Paul gives you a real strong admonition there in which he says you're to separate or turn away from those people not doing things that are right by God. And he says if they're doing those kind of things, you're supposed to separate from them. You're supposed to run. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Got just a couple of minutes left. So the cause of the problems here in this church, in 2 Thessalonians in the last days, Paul gives them in verses 3 to 12 what is going to happen in the tribulation. I hope it's been clear. I know we've taken a little bit of time to cover this material, but I hope you're able to get something out of it. In verses 3 to 12, the context of that passage is the man of sin, the son of perdition, and it can't be anything else. So as we now approach verse 13, Paul completely changes gears. He gets out of the heavy stuff, and we have been in some heavy stuff. No way around it. And what Paul does is he gives you the bright side. You ready for the bright side? <laughs> verse 13, amen. Someone says, yes, finally. <laughs> verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Now I want you to notice here, first of all, it's the bright side. <laughs> but first of all, that you're, you're chosen when you are saved. You're chosen when you're saved. Uh, he says, first of all, in verse 13, brethren is the context. So it's a corporate group. He's not dealing with you as an individual. And then he says, chosen you, and that's a reference to the corporate church. Again, ladies and gentlemen, always remember that election is always corporate. It's corporate. You cannot be chosen unless you believe the truth. And you cannot be elect unless you're sanctified by the Spirit. And you got sanctified the moment you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. I know we've been here, but we'll get... Just a little bit into this and uh, put this thing to bed until a little bit later tonight. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Paul says here in verse 13, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. Notice it says, after that ye heard the word of truth. The order of salvation is what? 
you hear it first, right? After that, you heard. You hear the gospel. You got to hear it first. You can't trust what you don't hear. <laughs> he says, in whom you also trusted when? After that you heard the word of truth. All right. The gospel of your salvation, verse 13, continues, in whom also after that you believe you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. All right. So here it is. First of all, you heard. Second of all, you trusted. You see that? Verse 13, uh, and you, you trusted after you heard the word of truth, and then you believed it. And you can't believe unless you've heard it. You can't be elect unless you're in the corporate church. So the order of salvation is you hear the gospel, uh, you trust it, or you believe it, and, uh, and then you're sealed simultaneously. Sealed with the spirit of promise. And at the same time, you become part of the elect. That's how that thing works. But you got to hear it first. And then you got to trust it or believe it. And then you're sealed and you become part of the elect. That's how that thing works. So you just make sure that nobody's trying to mess you up there. You say, why? Well, Calvinism is alive and well in 2022. It's alive and well, and Calvinism will kill any local Bible-believing church if entertained for 30 seconds. It'll kill it. And I'll cover a little bit more information on that tonight, and we'll stop right there. Calvinism is alive and well. And here's the thing. There's no Calvinist churches, unless I'm just a complete idiot, but you can't look up Calvinistic churches. You won't find it under that flagship. You're going to find them under Reformed Church. You're going to find them under Fellowship Churches. And you're going to find them under Baptist Churches. And that's Calvinism 2022 right here in the good old state of Michigan, right here within a 40, 50-mile radius. All right, that's enough for tonight.